Pope is unambiguous about that, that Catholicism is the religion of both and. It's not either or. It's not either humanity or God. It's not either football or Eucharistic adoration. It's not either being human or being mystical. It's both and. And in saying that, that encouraged me greatly because I think it uh, underscores why I believe the quotation from Charlie Curran is wrong, that there is such a thing as pastoral moral theology. That moral theology, is, is, it's not either moral theology or pastoral theology, it's both and. And I want to explain how the development of moral theology in our time is struggling to achieve that. Let me move on, uh, I'm now at the second paragraph, those manuals, some of which you mentioned, uh, Diorio, Merkelbach, Nolan Schmidt, etc. Let's read the second paragraph and take the quotation with it. In the manuals of moral theology, the science was seen as an analysis of human acts insofar as these were ordered to God as the ultimate end. And the first quotation, which I've marked A, and which you can read later, pretty well says that in a technical way, that moral theology studies human acts insofar as these are directed to God. So human acts were the material object, and directing these acts to God was the formal object. Moral theology developed in this particular form largely because of the Council of Trent's injunction that penitents were to confess all mortal sins according to number, kind, and species. We saw that, if some of you were here this morning, that the way the sacrament of confession developed was in a particular way. The juridical administration of the sacrament, uh, the penitent had to confess their sins according to number, kind, and species. So the uh, moral theology was studied by the priest in order to identify accurately the kind of sin, the penance to be imposed if that sin was committed, if the species of the sin changed, etc. So moral theology was a discipline that was number one for future priests, for seminarians, for clerics, and obviously for priests if they wanted to consult it afterwards, with the focus on the juridical administration of the sacraments, and uh, therefore that meant that the content of moral theology was very practical. It meant that the aims of moral theology was the administration of the sacraments. Uh, the books of moral theology wouldn't have talked about the celebration of the sacraments, and it meant that the sources of moral theology were fundamentally legal sources. I want to dwell a moment on that because it's central uh, to the argument I'm trying to present this evening. If you look at any of those old moral textbooks, I think the difference between them and what we call moral theology now is not the fact that moral theology has become more complex. Moral theology has, of course, become complex. When you think of all the dilemmas in bioethics, in social ethics, in sexual ethics, uh, moral theology has become complex. It's my belief, and uh, this is what I did my earlier research work in life, 
the older moral theology textbooks were very aware of the complexities of life in different times. Um, my best example there is a moral theologian with the wonderful name of Diana, Antonio Diana, Diana. Uh, he was a Sicilian moral theologian writing in the 1600s. He basically wrote his moral theology in terms of cases of conscience. And uh, I counted them up and there's over 20,000. So he solved 20,000 cases. So I'm sure that whatever sometime some parish priest took up that book and there was some case that hadn't been solved. So my